come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get aesthetic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon, Beanie, and thank you for joining us in another episode of fantastic cruising did i see in anyway i am matt and i'm kimbra and um and we're the down under cruise no that's that's somebody else we're not the down under cruisers we're we are fantastic cruising or if that's confusing it's the fantastic studios youtube channel that we're simultaneously on as well as facebook or you may just be hearing this podcast in the future since we're talking about since we're talking about all of our fantastic things let's go one step further and talk about fantastic travel. Can we do that? Sure. You're going to jump right in there. All right. I, well, you said fantastic cruising, fantastic studios. That's true. There's also fantastic travel. There you go. Which is our travel advisor thing name. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it, Janet. <laughs> we book things. <laughs> um, but we can definitely book you on this uh, group cruise that we've got going out in 2023, March on the Carnival Pride out of Tampa to Grand Cayman, Roatan, Belize, and Cozumel. We want you to join us. Fantastictravel at gmail.com. There you go. Did I miss any important parts of that? I don't think so. I don't think so. If you want to know what the ship is like a couple episodes ago. That was last episode. Last episode. You know what? I don't think I changed the number in the uh, episode thumbnail tonight. Last episode, which was actually episode 222 um we talked we did a whole like virtual ship tour of the carnival pride so and um yeah we'll we'll be talking more about the islands and stuff as we go go through the the time between now and then but um yeah so uh here's another sort of fantastic cruising related thing uh some of you know i do artwork and that's one of my many hobbies, my two many hobbies. And so I made a new design that I have available on Teespring, link in the description below. Uh, stickers and t-shirts. I'm going to show you this design. It, um, is that, there we go. It says live fast, die young, because who knows better about living fast and dying young than an octopus. So if you are uh, listening in the future, you'll have to Go over and check it out. It's also posted on the Fantastic Cruising community. But I got my sticker samples in, and I also got a couple of T-shirts, which I really like the way that they came out, um, especially since our guest Todd has the same taste in music that I do. And this reminds me of an old, like, punk rock T-shirt or something here. So I've got this one here. I, I think I've got them in color, too, available. I'm not sure. But I think I did that on the, for the T-shirts. I'm, I'm a almost hundred percent sure. And then this one here, I, I'm not young and I don't live that fast, but I like the expression. I think it fits an octopus very well. It does. The shirt, however, would not fit an octopus because they have way too many arms. I mean, so, if, if you made more slots for arms, I don't make the shirts. I just make the design and where would it even go? It's not, there's not a lot of printable space on an eight arm shirt. Go over the mouth part underneath 
Yeah, Nobody so then it. it can't eat. It's just a bad idea. Yeah. I just forget I even okay. brought it up. Anyway. <laughs> I just forget I even brought it up. <laughs> if you're an octopus, do not order these shirts. That's what I'm telling you. Just don't. Besides, you know, I mean, it takes probably a couple weeks to get them, and you only live a couple years. So that's a that's like a huge percentage of your life right there that you're waiting on this shirt. <laughs> All right. All right, I'm done. What what are we talking about here? Todd says that is a great circle jerk song. That's right. See, Live Fast Die Young is. You know, it's funny. I put it on Teespring and I put that as the title of the shirt and I got like all these errors and then realized that they were basically telling me that I wasn't allowed to use that and I'm like Live Fast Die Young is is like copyrighted. It's like trademarked. No, just Live Fast is apparently yeah. something that is. So you can't use those two words together on Teespring in any combination or they will. So it's called it. rock octopus, right? Rock octopus. You should have named it rock octopus. I, I might have. You didn't. No. Okay. But that is a good, that was a good idea. I know. Okay. All righty then. So, um, should we get started then with our guest? Sure. Bring him on board. I'm gonna introduce him first or introduce him while he's here. I don't care. All right, let's just bring him in. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Todd. <laughs> How's it going? Can you hear me? It's going well. So Todd is well-known throughout the cruising community. Um, you'll see him poking around here quite a bit. He's he's become one, he's one of those people that listen to the podcast as part of our cruising community as well that, you know, we just kind of feel that connection to. There are a lot of people like that, but Todd definitely stands out. He's got the 3D. Well, I was going to say before you go... One of the things that I really like about Todd is he's the reason I have a 3D printer. <laughs> she was trying for a long time and Todd finally um, convinced me by sent, he sent us some really cool 3D prints, which we featured in, on this uh, podcast in the past. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's do it. And uh, we haven't looked back since. So, it's, so it's there you go. But, but, yeah. Now we could have brought you on just to talk about 3D printing, but we didn't yes. because yep. it's not really a 3D printing podcast. Although maybe we should make one. I would totally <laughs> be down for that. But it is a cruising podcast, and Todd, yes. you have been on um, three cruises since cruising started back up. Is that yes. is that correct? Yep, yep. We were on the Mardi Gras for the group cruise for Lalita, and then we got up right after that. We got to see Divina and did another four day. Um, so yeah, so we've done those and then we just did the princess. So cool. So you've not only have you been on three cruises, you've been on three cruise lines then essentially. <laughs> I mean, princess yeah. and carnival were the same, but not really. Not really. No, no, yeah. no it was. Yeah. So oh, no, this, and the Mardi Gras carnivals, you've been on two. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Three, yeah. 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 We're primarily a Royal, Royal Caribbean family, but, um, we did try these, um, so yeah, and the princess okay. was amazing. We had a good time. So, but I'll get into that here. So, yeah, um, yeah. So we originally were going to go to Australia back in 2018. We had planned for the 2020 to go to Australia. Of course, that got taken away. And this is with my kids. My daughter was graduating from college, and my son was graduating from high school. So we thought it'd be a good family trip. And then the event happened, and which stopped everything. And then we were looking at Hawaii, but Hawaii didn't kind of panned out so then we decided to do a caribbean cruise um so we chose the 11 day um on princess on uh, sky princess so um, which that's awesome like i the longest cruise that 
that either one of us have been on is eight days. So that that is awesome. Eleven days has got to be like I'm. There's never a cruise when I'm like at day seven or eight, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to get off the cruise. Like, <laughs> I, I yeah. always take a few more days. Now my my kids are getting close to that though. So, but yeah. So, um, do you want me to go into the how what we actually we went to and what we did, or how? Do well, you let's let's start that? with this. So it's the the Sky Princess. Yep. Which is is one of is it. Size wise, what would you compare it to in the? It's actually comparable, I would think, to Navigator because um, okay. I think it's both. Both of them are about one hundred and thirty-four thousand gross tons. I'm really into ships, you know what? So they're about that same size as far as gross tonnage. Um, so they they're pretty comparable, but I think that they have they have the cart the uh, yeah sky has about the same levels and everything, but maybe a little bit higher. So okay. But, so it's, was this your first time on a princess or have you? Yes, been? absolutely. No, we've never done a princess. So okay. it was, it was really great. Yeah. So. Those of you that don't know this princess cruises is kind of the, the up upgrade of carnival cruise corporation. So Royal Caribbean has celebrity and carnival has princess. So it's a, it's a upper scale, higher scale cruise line. Um, did they have the medallion on your cruise? Yes, and that was amazing too. So I'm actually into technology. I mean, see, I got a lot of technical stuff, but I was so into that. So that the uh, medallion was um, was incredible. I mean, as far as um, when you get on the ship, um, going into your room, we were. I actually made a video where on. Um, oh God, I'm getting my dark here again. Um, where you'd walk up and as you got close to the door, it would recognize you and the door would open up and it would actually pick up your. So if my wife didn't have her medallion, it would just pick up mine and the door would unlock and you could just unlock the door and go in. So it was, that was amazing. Um, and then of course, you know, you order stuff anywhere on the ship and they know where you're at. So, and which I, mm -hmm. me and my son are arguing about that, but he thinks it was done by the phone, um, tracking on the phone. And I think it's still by the medallion, but we're both on debate on that. So um, <laughs> you'll, next time you'll have to do like, you'll have to leave, leave the phone and, <laughs> And, but you can't you see. can't order the stuff without the phone so oh they got kind you of, uh, okay. yeah so i mean he's technical too so we both were getting into these big discussions about what we could do and what we couldn't do with medallion <laughs> so um, i am going to take it apart obviously to see what's inside of it but either way it works which is cool like we we were on virgin and they had the bracelet not quite as sophisticated as the medallion though i don't think but similar and we really did enjoy that bit of technology for our cruise as well it's just so much i know that you know like kimber's nostalgic about the cars which i get but it's just so much more convenient i don't have to worry about it falling out of my swimsuit pockets when i'm in the pool or something like that it's just it yeah. just works really well I, I like the bracelet yeah no i know you do you just want that collectible card if they would, if they would give me an option to get the card just to take home at the end with it, because I just want the info on the card since they don't have a keychain. Well, the medallion does actually say the date that you cruised and has all the information on there, and so it's all within that one medallion. So it it, it shows everything, and they have in their area where they sell everything. They actually have collectibles. You can buy books, and you can put them all in there. And people apparently collect all their medallions and. Oh, why doesn't thing. Virgin do that? Well, they've only got one ship. Give them time. They are about to have two. But right now, it's just one. Yeah, well, so. they're doing it wrong. <laughs> I well, am, they're Virgin. They I have nothing to say that I went on that cruise. I mean, we made a whole ranty video about it. So, 
right, but I have no physical right, item. Right. I got you. To I hear add you. to my physical. I, I understand. I understand. We're not talking about no. that though. So. But but the one thing it does do too was I guess for the good news my daughter was a little nervous about this she's 24 and I, I don't know if it's her age or but they're all worried about well, about the event but we're all you know vaccinating everything but she liked the whole contact tracing piece of it because they can know exactly where you are who you were with and everything just by that so as far as that it makes that part easier um, but I mean that was really cool too I I just thought it was cool all around to have this this. I, I don't mind being tracked. I actually do security for a living, but I thought it was really fun. So, you know, track me wherever you want. I want to see if you can find me. If you can find me. Especially, especially when I'm on a cruise ship, like you're welcome to, like I'm not hiding anything on a cruise ship. So uh, it's good to be able to find somebody if you're on a ship. Well, it, we were debating how far the signal will go. So like if I jumped off the ship, how far would it actually track? But we didn't want to test that out. So right. <laughs> no, I've thought about that too. Like if you have a person go overboard, like it's waterproof. So uh, oh, yeah. especially if it's nighttime, like if it's got a range, it might make it easier to find the person. I, yeah. But I don't know. I don't We're guessing twenty to thirty feet. Um, but we saw um, actually the uh, radios, radios all around. We were looking all around the ship for the radios. So we found most of the pucks everywhere. They're little pucks and they're located mm -hmm. all over the place. So it's usually within 20, 20, 30 feet. So when you get the door. It unlocks, but if you walk away from the door, it will lock again. So you have to kind of, it will, it, yeah, it just knows that kind of distance. So, okay. So, it probably wouldn't do you a whole lot of good if you fell overboard. No, no, probably wouldn't. <laughs> no. 20, like I said, we didn't want to test it either, but yeah. <laughs> but maybe, you know, maybe they'll get to a point where they, they have some sort of GPS tracker for people. Yeah. So, if somebody does fall overboard, like that would be a safety. Thing yeah. built into it or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I do real quick. Meg asked if I kept the bracelet. Yes, Meg, we did keep our bracelets from the Scarlet Lady, but it says nothing on it but Virgin Voyages. It's got our names on it. It's got our names on it, yeah. but it doesn't tell me when I went. It doesn't tell me where I went. It doesn't right. tell me what I went on. Yeah. So, yeah. It seemed like a waste though without have, with having all the information on it because like each time I have to get a new one, but I, you know, that's okay too. I mean, I mean, I guess yeah. collect them. I like the idea of like collecting the yeah i think that's know, cool that, well that's, they have that's a whole like they have a whole book and everything so like you could just open up and add each time that's, and oh yeah yeah see that's good that's good thinking that's good marketing on there oh definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so okay so was the was your ship at a lower capacity than than a normal um, sailing? yeah i didn't ask but at the end people were actually saying i was on a, the sky princess group and i guess we had 1600 people um which was i think it's supposed to hold 4000 or something 3,000 something. Sorry. Keeps going okay. On. So that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty limited. I know cruises have gotten a little bit care more careful again in the last few weeks with everything, but, uh, but that, uh, that can change your experience quite dramatically. Usually oh, in the definitely. positive is what I've noticed, but. Well, uh, it, what was kind of sad. I mean, I, I, I do like having less people, but I do feel bad for the crew because they don't get quite as much. Um, of the, that's true. Uh, the, the money basically it's like we just gave them a we gave my suitors the suitor a, a tip at the end and it was only a 50 dollars tip and he's like you don't know how much this helps us this is amazing and i'm like oh, i'm that's not very much money okay <laughs> thanks but yeah that's you know that's a, there's a good public service announcement there if you are uh, fortunate enough to be able to cruise right now uh that is something to consider that i i hadn't really thought about that but um yeah, give give a little extra if you can, and if you're going on a cruise right now, you probably got a pretty good deal on it, so you might have a little bit of extra pocket change. Uh, throw it, 
the, with the way of some of the people that work on that ship and a little bit of money for us can go a long way for, yeah. for a lot of people in this world. And, so. and I did give them towel animals. I actually made large ones for each one of them. So including our, our waiters. <laughs> so they all got large, large, gigantic towel animals. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That is really <laughs> cool. All right. So 11 day cruise. Yeah. Um, you hit, well, you hit a lot of ports, like five yep. or six ports. Okay. Yeah. Six. So we, we started out the first day where well, course was just, you know, getting on the ship and going and got to hear the, what the, when you leave, they do the, the um, love boat theme, which is amazing. You know, <laughs> you had to record that the whole time. Um, and we mainly uh, made it the main diner, the main diner, but, um, and then um, the main reason for that is that um, I'm not, I, I hate the term foodie because it really doesn't mean a lot of people take it as though you eat a lot. Um, I had, bariatric surgery so i can't eat very much so we have a tendency not to want to waste down spend money on some especially restaurants so we meeting it there which which actually was amazing so um but our first day was at princess k and um so what we try to do is create a bubble because my daughter was worried so we rented one of their cabanas in the adult area um which we didn't have to really because we were the only people there like in that area there was like one other couple way down that had another cab cabana um the cabana included like two floating uh, floaters. Um, it came with the chairs, came with a welcome drink, um, towels, that kind of stuff. But it was a way for us to kind of keep away from everybody, but still go, you know, kind of visit everything. It's that island was it was pretty fun. Um, the snorkel, we wanted to snorkel, but the, it was too windy, so we didn't get to do any of that. So we went to the water a little bit, ate, kind of hung out. That was more of a relaxing kind of day um, to kind of just relax and decompress. So. Those, those kind of private islands or private experiences in some cases are usually perfect for that. Like it's, there's just no stress, just yep. chill out, have a, have a nice relaxing day. And, you know, uh, you made a good point. Like, so some people are concerned and, and I certainly say it's justified to, to go on a cruise or, or do anything yep. in our current state, but there are some things you can do on a cruise that, and there are ways you could cruise that would actually make you really safe. Like, first of all, of course, you know, people are pretty much always vaccinated now on cruises, but yeah. like, you can socially distance. Like I, I feel like the non-cruising population has this impression of cruising, like all these people crammed in the space, but that's not a reality of cruising. Yeah. Even in normal times, there's like a loud motorcycle going by right now, hopefully. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, we, and my daughter figured out real quickly that we had a lot of room. I mean, even on the ship, we had, we had several places where we were um, separated from people. So she was fine with that. Um, but we had created this thinking there was gonna be more people and there, there wasn't. So it, it worked out to our benefit on that. Cool. Um, so that, that was good. I would say as far as private islands though, I think MSC's private island is probably my favorite. Um, that's, it's, just really beautiful and um yeah they have a lot of really fun things like they have sky night um you can do uh stargazing at night and they have a excursion for that and they have that that big tower and that kind of stuff but princess k was pretty fun so cool so, so i yep. i have a question back at embarkation day how was the mustard drill on princess oh yeah Oh, so that was, yeah, so that one was all on, on the TV set. You had to go through and watch it on TV, and then you went down, and, um, yeah, you just had to check in with your station real quick and leave, and it was pretty quick. It was really fast, so, um, but, yeah, you had to watch it on the TV and kind of go Was it, it similar to the Mardi Gras? Yeah, yep, okay. similar kind of thing. So. Which was great. 
that oh. much was great. <laughs> so. so easy. So easy. Yeah, no, I definitely like the new e-mustard or whatever they want to call them now, but I, I definitely think that's a better way to go. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Instead of being standing on top of everybody and um, you know, I don't mind the hot standing out there. Everybody's like, oh, it's so hot and crowded. But when you live in Minnesota and like tomorrow it's gonna be minus nine, <laughs> I don't mind hot weather at all. Right. So, right. So what was your what was your next port after Princess K? So, so we had a we had a sea day on the second day, um, which we you know we did uh, we hadn't done all this stuff before. We went to the crafts, we watched the movie. I will say the one thing amazing on Princess is they'll the movie nights where they have all the uh they put cushions out there and they have the popcorn and the whole thing. So we did that pretty much almost every night we could. But um yeah, the sea day we pretty much walked around everywhere and I mean top to bottom, went to the gym, all that kind of stuff. Um the third day we were at uh St. Thomas and we went to Cor Coral World. Um, which was really nice. I, you know, I grew up in LA, so I was around, we had SeaWorld and Marineland and all that kind of thing. So I was kind of wondering if it was going to be set up nicely and it looked like it, was, it might be dingy, but it turned out to really actually be a decent place. I was really surprised. Um, they had that little dome that you can walk out to and it actually has the, we can go down and I think I sent you a picture of the, the one uh, creature down there, but you can walk around this whole dome down below and it's just like being in an aquarium which is great for my wife because she doesn't know how to swim. So um, for her to be able to see all that underneath was, was amazing. And um, they had the dolphins there where they were trying to, uh, they're helping them to get back. And so that was, that was amazing. So it was really, that was really a lot of fun. Um, I was surprised. It was really actually clean. It was, um, it seemed like, I don't know as much about how they take care of animals, but it seemed like they were really taking well care. It looked like all the tanks were clean. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I had a similar reaction to that place because I I went there, and I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, it's it's definitely small, uh, oh, yeah. but the, yeah. the people that were working at like the the touch tanks and and things like that, they were very knowledgeable. Their their information that they gave me was all accurate, and it was good. It was presented in a friendly, fun way. Um, it's cool. You can walk down into that little submersible thing like yeah. you're talking about. And, and and if you're doing like the helmeted dives, they do those right there. They do several other excursions take place there. And, and the drive there can be a little terrifying, but it's very scenic. <laughs> <laughs> scenic is a good, good term. Yes. Um, very scenic. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was really, really nice. We did that one. My, um, like I said, my kids are older, so they're 23 and 20, but they, they enjoy doing all that and seeing all the turtles and different animals. And so it was a good, you know, family time. So Todd, while we're at this point then, uh, cause I'm going to do a, a different thing for the cruise creature, mm -hmm. but I, I took that photograph that you sent me. I actually, actually color corrected it a little bit um, to try and figure out this is, so this is what you saw, right? Yep. Yep. And that little tube there, it was like poking out and it was kind of like, Hmm. So, so that, that tube, um, how big was that approximately? Like the diameter of that? Um, the, the diameter of the actual tube itself, or the whole piece there, the, was, it was the like whole, a three-inch pipe. Whole, it was like a, it was like a good four-inch pipe. It was like a drain pipe. Okay. So I I am about ninety-five percent sure that what we're looking at here is a common octopus, which is the which is the biggest octopus that you see in the Caribbean, and I can't point to it, but the, to the left inside there, you can see like a circle, yep. which I, which I believe is the funnel of the octopus. And down at the bottom, you can kind of see an arm coming up there. 
Yeah. I can't see it super well, but I'm pretty, and they will squeeze into things like that. So oh, wow. that, that is my guess is that that's what we're looking at is a, is an octopus. Oh, okay. Well, we were thinking it was like a sponge or something. We weren't sure. We were just like, Oh, it looks like an arm with sucker discs though. Yeah. It was kind of, it was just like kind of down there dangling. We're just like, was it, was it moving at all? Or was it just, it was just kind of going with the moving with the, with the, with the tide. Huh? Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. And it was but, hard to see a shot. I mean, the, the I was shooting through a window, so. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it, it could be, I don't know, but a sponge wouldn't usually grow in there. I think that's what it is, but I can't, I can't give you a hundred percent, but that's yeah. what it looks like to me. So that that's what I guessed when I first saw it too. Yeah. Which is I really think. cool if that's what it was, which I mean, that's usually how I see him is scrunched up in a hole like that. And sometimes you see the eye looking at you and uh, you might see some of the arms wrapped around or something like that. Weird that it would yeah. be dangling out like that though. That makes yeah, me sense. Just a, little, yeah. a little bit, but, uh, but I don't know. It's pretty cool. But there were so many fish around it. It was like, everything was swimming around. It was, it was kind of, I mean, it's, it's the ocean. So it's not actually, you know, you, you know, it wasn't actually a, a, a aquarium. So you yeah. actually got to sit with all that. There were so many fish. It was really, really fun. But, and the aquarium itself is, which I like this. Some people don't, but I like that it, it's all Caribbean fish. So when you go there, you're basically the ones that are living there are all things that you would see if you went snorkeling or scuba diving or, or on a glass bottom boat or something like that, which I appreciate. Cause when I'm in an area, um, I typically want to see stuff from that area uh, so that I know what's there and things like that. So it's really cool. Do they have a sea lion there? Um, no, we didn't see that. There was some things closed because of the time of year. So there was a few of the, okay. the exhibits that were closed, but they didn't have any shows really or anything like that. That was like kind of all shut down. So they brought like a sea lion into, they had us go inside the, there's like a little, a little area that has little aquariums in it that yep, you could walk yep. around in. They had, they brought the sea lion in there with us. So it was like almost as close to me as, as Kimber is. And, uh, and they just like had it do some tricks and stuff. It was very, it was a very intimate experience. And that's one of the cool things about going to a small aquarium like that is that you're not usually going to have the massive crowd that you'd have like a SeaWorld or Florida aquarium necessarily. And so often you'll get a very almost one-on-one -on -one experience. It's not going to be, you're not going to be there as long. It's not going to have as much stuff, but the quality that you get, especially if they have good staff working there can be yeah. phenomenal. It's the same with the, um, the place in, in Ocean, World. Ocean World in Dominican Republic, yeah, same type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. Cool. The, 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 the dolphin staff was really amazing. They sat and talked to us forever and yeah, that was really a lot of fun. So one, one of the nice things too, because it's St. Thomas and St. Thomas is a U.S. territory is that they do have more guidelines and restrictions than like some place might have in some of the other Caribbean areas. Uh, yeah. Although, I have to say all of those type of facilities, which I haven't visited a ton of them, but the ones that I have visited have seemed like they've been doing things on, on the up and up. Like I haven't seen the only one that I don't like is the, the dolphin thing at uh, Costa Maya. I just think that pool is way yeah, too small for yeah. a dolphin. But uh, other than that though, um, most of these places are doing a really good job. So yeah. cool. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So our third day, the fourth day, we did a beach day. We were in Antigua and we did a beach day. We went to Runaway Beach um, and that one, they, they gave you the chairs. Um, they included a welcome drink um, 
And that one, we did buy some chairs that we bought some, if you wanted a, a umbrella, that was like $10. So we, we got that. So we, um, I was trying to go out there and snorkel and it, it drops down really quickly at Runaway Beach. So you'll walk and all of a sudden you just drop into <laughs> like a thing that comes back up again. But it was too windy again. So I couldn't really see much. So we just stopped that and kind of hung out. But um, it's really nice beach. It seemed like it was a really nice beach. The people seemed really nice. Um, the lady that was working there was having trouble having people keep their mask on. And she's trying to say that, look, I'm trying to keep my business going here. We're trying to keep going. We're trying to create a bubble. Um, she was pretty upset at a lot of the people that came in. But it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, people, yeah. Be respectful, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but other, the, yeah, it was good food. They had, you know, the drinks and everything there. Um, but it was a nice, it was a pretty decent beach. I haven't been to any other beaches around. I know there's some better ones around, but that's the one that we had booked. Um, after we got there, we started reading more and we were like, oh, we probably should have gone here. We should have gone here. Um, but it was a good time. I mean, really, like, again, for my kids, it was more about they just wanted to relax. They don't really want to do a bunch of things. They're in sure. their 20s. They stay up all night and then they want to sleep all day. So, <laughs> what What is the port of Antigua like? I've never been there. Is it industrial? Is it touristy? Is it authentic? Like, what is it? What would you describe the vibe as? Um. So the Antigua, what I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember that one. I already forget. See, I'm, I'm 54, so I forget things quickly. Um, uh, that one was, that one wasn't too bad. It was, it was, it was a little more, um, it wasn't really uh, like businessy or kind of like industrial. It was a basic port. Um, but one thing about Prince is they get you right on things right away. So you don't see much. Hmm. Um, you're basically on the ship or on the, on the, on the, the bus and you're out of there so it wasn't the cookie cutter like the del souls here and the diamond thing is here and then <laughs> no 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 and some it's of them they actually had cruise ports you know, that you see at places <laughs> exactly exactly um like the dominica one that was the next day we went to dominica and that one they actually had they had blocked everything off um so you couldn't really walk out they had um like the camp the, the what do you call it, where the, where the big storage thing has been. So you couldn't even walk out of that whole area. Hmm. Um, so that one, though, was a well-watching day. So that one, we actually, the boat the boat was there right smack off the ship. So we got off and basically just got on the boat and went. But when we went shopping, it was all within that little area. Okay. So you, and you had to stay in that little area. They did have some taxis and it would take you out, but it was very limited on where you could go. Um, and was that was that a COVID restriction thing? Yep. Yeah. That one's pretty tightened down. Um, but we were still were able to, um, you know, like I say, all the shopping was right in that little area. Um, but they did have some cabs taken out. They actually had a little train that would take the people out too, but they're really tight about who went out of where, how we not left that area. So, yeah. yeah. So tell me more about this whale watching thing, because <laughs> that's cool. Like when I think of whale watching, I think, oh, Alaska, maybe Northeast. Yep. Yep. I don't think Caribbean. I know they're there. I know that's a thing. Yep. But um, you're the only person I, I know of that, that I mean, I'm sure other people have done whale excursions, but the, the first I've heard of it. So was it like a Zodiac boat that you got into, like a big inflatable? No, no, no. It was, it was actually more like, a, I guess they call them houseboats here. It was more like, a, a you know, where you consider it had everybody sitting out and it was actually open and, you know, pontoon boat. That's what I was trying to think Okay, about. yeah. So yeah. it's kind of almost like that. Um, it was 
really, really kind of rocky and everything. My, my daughter got a little sick on that one, but oh. um, he basically says, oh, you know, we might see some whales. We might not, you know, and we're like within five minutes, we saw whales and what the whales are there are sperm whales. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that, so, that just made it even cooler. Yeah. So, and we right away saw the whales and he would actually know exactly when they were going, like they start arching and he'd go, get your cameras ready, get your cameras ready. You're going to see a tail. And sure enough, the tail went up and I've got tons of photos of that. I can send you a video. I think I posted a video at one point on one of the, one of the uh, pages out there. But I you saw guys, you on see your the tail Facebook page a little, a little snippet of it. Yep. Um, the tail goes up and yeah. So we kept seeing them all the time. There were, there was a, he said there was a, look like there was a baby there too. And they were, she was feeding it. So he said, if you got, got closer, we could have seen it. Apparently they dropped the milk or whatever. And then the, the baby whales come and get it. And huh. he was trying to explain some of that, but it was really interesting. So we saw that. And then as soon as those whales went away, they died, did their short, their quick dive. Cause they eventually will die down for like 20 minutes. And you can tell when they go down, we moved to another spot and there was more whales. So we ended up seeing, probably within the first hour and a half, at least 10 to 15 whales. Nice. Wow. It was, and then basically about the day, he's like, well, we can just go in. There's really no sense. But we did stay <laughs> out there for a while and kind of drove around it. But going along that whole area, it was really pretty. It's, um, I've got a bunch of pictures of that. They have little, the little towns all around that. So they actually take you, obviously they don't want to come back straight in because you'll be doing this one. So they kind of go around back to the side of the island and kind of run you along the, along the island so that you're close to the shore. So you see a lot of the shores you go around. So they took us to around a couple um, springs, hot springs are out there um, and different things like that. So that was fun until we got back to the ship. That just took us all around the whole the whole island. So it was a really, really good trip. That's so, awesome. I, yeah. I had no idea that there was even such a thing as a sperm whale watching trip. Like it's yeah. always, you know, minky whales or right whales or stuff like that. I think it, like I've never seen a whale in person. So that's like high on my list of things I'd like to do. But honestly, yeah. there's a lot of other animals that probably would go above that. But when you throw sperm whale into it, that immediately shoots back up to the top because those, kept, those he, are just the coolest whales, I think. And he kept doing the, there she blows. And you see the whale blow up and you're like, <laughs> that's where I come from. Okay. I get it. Great. Great. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Cause you'd see the whale of sperm blowing up the boat. Yeah. It was fun. That's um, awesome. And, and they did explain a lot. I mean, they were constantly telling us about the um, the babies and how everything was. And so that was that was really fun. Um, so we saw that the whole time. And then, yeah, that was like a that was a great day. Um, fun fact, not not the cruise creature again, but sperm whales create such a loud um, sound when they're doing their their um, echolocation that they actually can stun their prey. Through oh, really? Sound. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's like one of the loudest sounds in the it may be the loudest sound in the animal world, but yeah it's it it can like it can like really mess you up if you are in the path of it apparently. They actually had an echo thing, so they did put in the water and they had speakers so you could hear the whales. So that was really that's cool. cool. That's how they actually knew that they were around too. So then they ah, had two other ships. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a couple other boats around, so they would all run to the same area and they kept putting the, the sick down there for the water. I, mean, I happened to be sitting next to it, so like I hit by it a couple times, but. Um, yeah, they would drop that in. They could hear it, and then they would echo on that, and then you would go to the next spot. And yeah, it was really a great trip. So, so my whale fact: <laughs> a bubble from a whale fart is big enough <laughs> that a human can fit inside of it. But they bottle those up and sell them in jars. I mean, I know that's pretty popular. <laughs> <in that. laughs> right. 
Who knew that was a thing? Right. That could, that could be a money maker right there. Just right. trailing out to the, the, the whale fart. Here, here's the question. Would people pay more for like a celebrity fart or a whale fart in a jar? I, I, oh, sadly, I, I think it'd be the celebrity you know what? fart. It doesn't really matter because you can get a lot more of a whale fart in jars. So That's you can right. just sell more of yeah. them. <laughs> Definitely. Um, could, so, yes. <laughs> moving so on. Moving on. So the next one we did was uh, Grenada. So we went on a tour of Grenada. We went to the Fort Frederick um, and um, saw the old saw the forts. And uh, it was it was a pretty good tour. We did that one. Then we went to uh, Grand in it's ETA and G. So I guess Etang Tropical Rainforest, which has got the um, waterfall, um, all that. You know, so it was really beautiful. Lots of flowers, and um, it was really that was really pretty. You were really um, down like southeastern Caribbean area with these yeah, islands. Yeah. So oh, did, did the islands look different? Did it feel different than being in, say, like the Bahamas or something I, like that? We actually talked about it. We actually pref really like the South Caribbean a lot better now than we did. I mean, we kind of we go to NASA now. We don't get off the ship anymore. We've done enough stuff that we've seen things. I mean, we actually one day toured the whole thing and ended up in parts where the cab drivers would pull over and go, are you sure you want to walk around here? <laughs> And we're like, yeah, we're fine. And he's like, no, no, really, do you want a ride? And we're like, no, we're fine. And then we end up walking through a garbage dump and a whole bunch of stuff. But anyhow, it made for a great time. I mean, it's a way to see the culture. Um, so it was, yeah. So this was a lot. I think these are a lot, seem like there's a little more money in some of these islands, especially when you get to like Aruba. Mm -hmm. um, but the next one we went to is with that was on that Grenada, though. Um, we heard a lot, you know, they talked about the, the invasion of the United States and things like that. The last part of that tour was we went to Rosemount Plantation, which is they um, grow cocoa, they grow ginger, they grow um, saffron, they grow all these different things, which is saffron to them is actually turmeric, uh, turmeric, but they oh, call right, it saffron. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up getting spices and they showed us how everything was grown. And, you know, so that was that was really fun. Um, and then the guy was telling us that everything he has there can cure cancer. So that was amazing. <laughs> um but it was fun. It was if, really if amazing. If I need time. that as an excuse to eat more curry, I'll take it. <laughs> and, and and half of the stuff there also also cures COVID. So um, of course, of I course, was, I was. It was amazing. So basically, I think I'm 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 ironclad. I got all the things. So <laughs> I'll I'll never get it. Um, but it was it was that was a really neat little thing. It was it was supposed to go on a different one, and apparently it got shut down. So we ended up going to this one. Um, which is really a family run, small little one, but it was, it was overall, it was really beautiful. And we went, that was neat. Cause we went through all the back roads of, of the Island of Grenada. I mean, we went everywhere. It was pretty much the whole day driving around, um, in this bus. So that was actually really a lot of fun. Did Grenada seem like uh, really third worldish, or did it seem a little bit more like there's a little bit more, uh, mm. money there? What, what was, how did it feel in that way? I, th I think that definitely COVID has affected them. But um, it seems like there was um, there was an. It's funny because you see these beautiful houses, and then you would see the cardboard houses, and then you see okay. a beautiful house, and then you see a cardboard house. So, yeah, it, it um, like some of the islands I've been to, you see an area, and you know that area is they painted or whatever to make it look decent, and then you go up and you can see the bigger houses. That one was pretty much it was they were all intermixed together. Okay. Okay. But it was, I mean. Uh, most, I mean, well, all the people were really nice and, you know, it was, it, yeah, that, that was, it was really good. It was a lot of traffic on that one, but it wasn't too bad. So, um, but then, yeah, so that's what we did on that one. And then we had a sea day 
Um, and then we did more. We actually went to the captain's talk and did the navigation talk. So we learned about how they navigate the ship, which was fun. I'm kind of geek that way. So, um, cool. and yeah. Um, so questions yet or <laughs> that no, no, it's, it's good. Yeah. Just keep, just keep going. Let's just keep All going. Right. Towards, Cause so I was so excited when I was looking at your cruise and figuring out all the port stops you went and um and i was like man i've never been to that island never been to that island never been to that so i was like really excited to hear about uh these things for good reason since you know whale things i mean come on well the, the whale thing was like probably the top of our of all the all the things we did uh um although my kids would think aruba was probably the best but um so that was last last one we did was the aruba so um what my kids did is they did the beginner scuba. So they, they take them out, they take them to a pool. Um, they kind of learn how to do it. And then they, the professional driver goes out first and they brought them out there. Um, my son didn't get to do it because his mask kept filling up and he kind of freaked out a little bit. So he just kind of sat above the water um, and kind of watched. And my daughter got a private tour. So basically the guy ran around the whole, the shipwreck and everything and showed her stuff. And he's like, Oh, you're, you have amazing buoyancy. And she used to be a, um, she used to do um, uh, synchronized swimming. Mm -hmm. So she knew how to lower and she, she used to lift the people up and throw them. So he's like, you really need to go take your test soon. You know, you're really good. <laughs> yeah. If you're comfortable in the water, scuba diving is really easy. So if she has that experience, it's just going to make everything yeah, she, more simple. She kept having all the divers go, are you sure you're not certified? You really know you have your buoyancy is amazing. And so she was really proud of that. So what my wife and I did was we did a cultural tour there, which was really neat um, going around Aruba and you know, like they're, all their signs are kind of, because they're kind of Dutch influenced. So a lot of the signage everywhere is kind of Dutch influenced, like the road signs and things like that. So um, we went to the museum through there, walked around, looked, basically learned about the culture and about Aruba. Um, and it was, um, it was a little more, it was a little more political, but it was okay. It was, it was pretty much how they're pretty much kind of, kind of taken over by, um, Curacao and things like that. They have to get everything from there and how they're kind of run, but it was a good tour. I mean, I really enjoy going to do culture tours. And every time we go to some of these islands, we try to do something like that just to find right. out about the area first. Um, like NASA, we did a food tour, which, you know, you can learn a lot about the culture on that kind of thing, but. Um, so that was, that was really amazing. And, and we were sitting right next to the, I think it's called the free wind, which is the Scientology ship when we got on. So we were waving at them, you know, we're like, Hey, yeah, we're well, free. You posted pictures of that, right? Yeah. We're, yeah. We kept yelling. We're free. We're free. <laughs> right. But no, it was, it was good. So, um, that was, that was, yeah. Aruba is beautiful. Um, it's really built. Like we were told, we were told by a couple of people that it's even built up over, over the whole, I mean, COVID time there's. If you looked out from the ship, all you saw was new buildings being built like crazy. Like hotels are just popping up everywhere. Um, so they are they are just constantly growing. So, but it's still a really pretty city, and my kids will love to go back there. So that was probably one of their highlights was the Aruba on top of the whale one. But, um, but yeah, I mean Aruba is definitely high, high, high up on the list of of our favorite islands. It may be your favorite because you haven't been. Well, you know, what do you Curacao like? Curacao, you like great. Curacao better? I, well, I mean, they're so close. I don't know. They were both, both good. Geographically like, and cool-wise. There were things about each of them that I really liked. Yeah, yeah. Haven't been to Bonaire yet, but yeah, I love that. I love the Dutch influence in those islands, too, yep. and, the, and yeah. the architecture and everything. It's just, 
everything about yeah the people are so friendly that, that all the people i've interacted with have been wonderful um of course it's yeah. it's that's a very different feel because it's got this more of a desert type of of uh environment habitat but uh very cool very neat. but talking i'm going to talk a little bit about the ship real quick and i, I don't need to get on here yeah, but, um, yeah. One thing about the ship is when we found out this, I mean, we're old. I mean, I'm in my fifties and, but we had people there. A lot of people were like in their eighties and late seventies. And so it was, as far as like, if anybody's worried about color, everybody wore their mask. And if they did forget it is because they forgot. I mean, they literally right. went old oh, crap and they ran back to their, you know, <laughs> they got their mask. Um, so that whole thing, the entertainment was kind of set up to kind of for that kind of crowd. So I didn't really enjoy the entertainment as much on the ship um yeah. the comedian was it was a lot more that kind of juggling kind of thing it, it kind of reminded me of msc's um entertainment but i mean everybody has their own entertainment so it just wasn't right for us um but it was like it was still amazing i mean it was still fun doing everything um the room service on on princess is over the top i mean you there's nothing you can't order and my son tested it so <laughs> he got everything that was on the menu and yeah and more he just kept asking. They kept bringing stuff to him. He thought that was the best, just sitting in his room and ordering food. Nice. So, but you can order everything. It's all included. Um, they have burgers included. Everything is a part of it. It's not like you can pay extra when you do on some of the other ones. It's all of it. They bring you drinks, everything. Um, and, you know, you try to tip them, of course, but um, they had everything was available. It was that, that part was kind of cool. I mean, you could just mm -hmm. order anything you wanted. Um, but... So that was that was that was fun. The ship, like I think you guys saw, I, I walked on the Sky Bridge. That's really amazing yes. on, on Princess Sky Bridge. So, so that's, cool. Yeah. So you walk around, and at night it's lit up, and you can see right down below. And so each side of the ship has that, so you can walk on and walk across that Sky Bridge, which was that was really a lot of fun. Was it um, scary at all? Was it like I don't know if you're a heights person? I am not, definitely but... afraid of heights, but um, as I've told people before, I have always told my kids if I don't test myself on my own fears i can't tell them to, to stand up to their own fears so i just kind of did it um but once i did it i was like oh this is not so bad so i did it a couple more times but um probably because it made people nervous and i probably probably being a punk it's kind of fun going ah see nobody likes it so i want to do it so <laughs> there's still a little bit outside of rebellion side to do that so but no it, that was amazing and there um the adult pool area was really nice there was nobody there like we were there me and my wife would go up there and uh the jacuzzis were pretty or the hot tubs were empty um so you can hang out there they had a little the pools were pretty much empty but it was it was really nice up there so but cool. it was a nice ship overall i really like the ship i would do princess again for sure um the, like i say other than the entertainment but you can make your own entertainment you know on the ship you can rock around everywhere which we did and there's always stuff to do so um the food was excellent but as far as what I know, because we ate the main dining room, so but everything was good on that. So, uh, so so as far as like your experience with different cruise lines, and I know different ships can be different. There's a lot of factors that go into this, but yeah. like where would you rate Princess with other cruise lines that you sail ov overall in general? So, uh, Princess, I would definitely say is kind of the upper tier for sure. I think it's it's definitely got that feel. I mean, like like I say, the excursions you walk out the door, they're right there. There's always somebody there to take care of you. There's always, you know, it's it's they're really catering to, you know, I mean, every time we stand up, somebody's there. Um, which we found out later that we had too many people people on the ship, and they were moving some of them over to the Emerald um, mm -hmm. because we had a lot of staff that were standing around. Um, but 
I would say it's it's pretty far up there. Um, I would think it's I think it's even better than Royal. But again, like you said, you know, there's Royal, then there's Celebrity, there's Carnival, and there's Princess. So it's that kind of a kind of a thing. So yeah. it's, it's you know it's it's the the Target and the Walmart kind of thing, or the Target and the Macy's or whatever kind of thing. right. So, right. Um, but yeah, we went on we went on Mardi Gras. We we're not big Carnival people, and it, it seemed a lot like the other ships. But I really want to do the Carnival experience, like you were showing. Um, the pride and some of the older decorations, which we watch a lot of the videos from other vlogs, <laughs> and we're like, it wasn't like that at all. So we still, I still want to experience the carnival experience. Yeah, um, Mardi Gras definitely. It. I mean, it is a carnival ship, but it's it's definitely a different type of carnival ship. Than we heard that from everybody. We heard that from where they're like, this is not what we're used to. This is not doesn't seem yeah. right. So yeah. Um, it's like they they stepped their game up to try and compete with with the big Royal Caribbean ships and stuff. And I don't know if they got if they got there or not because I've been on the huge Oasis ships, but they definitely impressed us as far as Carnival goes with the Mardi Gras. Yeah. But but there's something to be. I I enjoy all the ships for different reasons, exactly. and uh, sometimes I like that old <laughs> that old yeah. look. Our first one was a Majesty, um, and then um, yeah, so then. The best one we were on was Harmony because of the water show, the aqua show at the end, which is just amazing. So, very cool. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. We had two. We had two CJs, and then we came back home, and yeah. So now we have a few twenty-four days, I think, until our next cruise, and nice. Yeah, off again. It's a way to do so, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we're done though until spring and summer because I do, like I think I told you guys, I do gardening and everything else, so I'll be busy. But we're looking at doing a Canada Canada trip in August. So. Gotcha. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, whenever we have a guest on, we we like to ask them to suggest a cruise creature when we can. And you gave us a cruise creature, so let's uh, let's do the cruise creature segment. All right, Todd. So. We asked you to come up with a cruise creature, and you said, well, I saw this weird thing in, in the pipe, but then you also said Thresher Shark. And I yep. was actually a little bit surprised we haven't done the Thresher Shark. We covered him a little bit in our shark episodes, but um, so I said, well, let's let's do that then. And, and it's really, uh, it, you would think at first, maybe it's a shark that you would never see cruising, but actually where you were would be a great place to see thresher sharks. Now your odds of seeing them might not be as good as seeing other creatures, but they do, they do come into places, especially places that have that big drop off. So they're usually more open water, but they'll come in over like places that have a narrow continental shelf or, uh, and some species will even come into shallow water on occasion. Uh, they're usually more at the surface at night. There are actually, Three species of thresher sharks. That was my only fact. That was your only fact? No. Uh, how many species of thresher sharks are there? Matt, did you know that there's not just one? There's actually three. <laughs> we were we were at lunch today and I'm like, I gotta research thresher sharks because I know a little bit about them, but I need to like research and and we were discussing how many there were. And I'm like, I, I know there's at least two. But yeah, I, that's what I, I said. There's two. There's the one with the big eyes and the ones without. <laughs> So all three of the thresher shark species are uh, mostly in there. Well, they have huge ranges. So basically subtropical, tropical parts of the world. Uh, one of them, though, the pelagic thresher shark is not in the Atlantic at all. So the other two 
all the way across the planet like a giant belt. Uh, for whatever reason, the pelagic one doesn't come into the Atlantic Ocean. But uh, but they all have some things in common, so I'll talk about those first. Of course, the thresher shark has that elongated caudal fin or the top of their tail is really, really long. And that is because thresher sharks have a really cool strategy for hunting. And here you can see the three species, the common, the big eye, and the pelagic. And they're shown size appropriate as well. So the, the biggest one there, the common, um, is, is going to maybe get to, what is it, about uh, 16 feet. I think the, the record is something like 19 feet. But 50% of their body is tail. So here's what they're going to do. We can put that I uh, grabbed a video from, you want that on there? from the Discovery Channel. Some good shark information from the Discovery Channel for a change. Yeah, go ahead and put that on there. And we can talk over that, right? Yeah. So basically what they'll do is they will they will swim around. They'll circle around a school of fish. And this may be laggy here. I'm not sure. And, and they'll kind of get them into a, a little ball. And then they'll use that huge tail and they will whip at the school of fish. And I've seen things that say they can whip at like 30 to 50 miles per hour. I, I even read some stuff that said they, they can hit so fast that they create the little bubbles because they're like forcing the gases out of the, out of the uh, water. But what a cool strategy. Then once they've stunned the fish, they will go back through and they will eat the ones that they have stunned, which is a really, really interesting thing. Now, um, some of the cool things about them are interesting things about them. They don't have long lifespans. So the Greenland shark may live 400 years. Thresher sharks are like looking at 20 years. That's their lifespan. Oh. So they're kind of like live fast, die young a little bit. Not as much as, uh, as a cephalopod, but there you can see it. Muncha, muncha, muncha. Uh, they are ovoviviparous. Do you know what that means, Kimber? That means they lay eggs but they come out like live yeah so they don't lay the eggs well right they they have eggs right but they're born inside and then come out so they're non-placental so they're they're not true live bearers but they do their offspring are in egg structures not shelled eggs of course that are inside mom and then they hatch essentially or kind of break through a membrane and then they when they're born they appear to be born Live. What's interesting, though, is that um, they most of well, two of the thresher shark species usually have two pups, and they have two uteruses, so they get an extra uterus. What did you ask me earlier, Matt? I said how many humans only get one, right? I just wanted to make <laughs> sure. Uh, the other thresher shark species, the common thresher shark or Atlantic thresher shark, actually will have sometimes four pups. Is more more common for them. So I guess they have twins in each uteri. Is it uteri? Uteruses. I don't know. I, I don't know what the proper octopus right. I don't know what the proper terminology is. But the other cool thing or interesting thing is that the babies, when they're inside mom, after they hit about four or five inches, they will start eating the other like eggs, like the probably non-fertilized eggs in mom, which has a term called ufagos. Ufagos. O o p h a g o u s, which is a new term Ufagos. to me. I learned a lot researching these sharks today. So basically you have the pelagics, which are the smallest ones. They get about 10 feet. Remember, that's like a five foot body and a five foot tail. And they're not in the Atlantic and they're usually in pretty shallow water. Then you have the big eye threshers, which go ahead and put that big eye. Thresh. I did a artwork based on a photograph of 
six, seven years ago now. Um, these are the big eye thresher sharks and they are about 11 to 13 feet. The females do get a little bigger. That eye though can be up to almost four inches. So it's a huge eye. And it's also, uh, I don't know if I captured it properly in my drawing, but it's actually taller than it is wide. And it bulges out as well. So they can see up and this helps them because what these guys do is they will go, they will go down deep into the ocean up to maybe 1600 feet during the day. And that protects them from sharks and big things that would eat them. And then at night they will swim up to less than 300 feet and they'll eat. So having big bulgy eyes helps them like see silhouettes above them in the dim light. So that's pretty cool. That is right? cool. That's really cool. And, um, let's see what else that uh, by the way that's called vertical migration a lot of plankton will do that too or some plankton will do that as well uh, they will also compete or it's we think that they compete with blue sharks and so where you find blue sharks you don't find big-eyed threshers and where you find big-eyed threshers you don't find blue sharks so they're they're like negatively correlated with each other which is interesting i like blue sharks a lot as well but uh but that's so that's kind of cool. Now the the biggest one, the common or Atlantic thresher shark, like I said, 16 feet is the average, but the record is 19, and they might be able to get a little bit bigger than that. They have the same range as the big eye, which is basically the entire center of our planet, as long as it's in the ocean. They're not in like Texas or anything, unless they're in the aquarium. I don't think there's any thresher sharks in aquariums. I've never there a lot of those pelagic sharks don't do well in captivity because they just get stressed out and they just they just don't do well but here's a really cool thing that is the case for the atlantic thresher and maybe the case for the big eye thresher is that they are endothermic which basically means in a sense they're warm-blooded so normally if you would ask me what animals are warm-blooded i would tell you birds mammals that's it but there are a few kind of weird exceptions and there are some sharks including the Atlantic or common thresher shark that has the ability to raise their body temperature above the surrounding temperature. And that is the definition of endothermic, which is kind of what we consider warm-blooded. Warm-blooded and cold-blooded are very antiquated terms that don't really fit reality very well. Uh, we need more terms to really define it. So they're also what we would call poikilothermic, which basically means that their temperature doesn't maintain at one level. So like, for example, mammals, most of them, except for like naked mole rats, we maintain a fairly steady body temperature within a, a couple of degrees, unless we have like a fever or something like that. But poikilothermic animals, their body temperature goes up and down depending on their surroundings. Even though they can generate a couple degrees of heat, they're still subject to the outside conditions. So they're endotherms, but they're also poikilothermic. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. Uh, another shark that probably does that are great white sharks, which I didn't mention when we did them a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. So, but there you go. That is it. That is the thresher shark or thresher sharks, as it were. And um, you know what's interesting is you said that your is that your favorite kind of shark, Todd? Yeah, it was one of the ones in the book. I mean, the ones I played with as a kid were actually um, tiger sharks. My uncle would catch them. We had a little well, out in the ocean. There was a little pond, and we'd throw them in there and play with our GI Joes with them. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, I just like I always liked them for the book because they had the big tail. And I didn't know what it did, but I, I mean, 
And it's cool, right? So, yeah. uh, but but you're not you're in good company because I know at least two or three other people who are like big aquarium people, and the Thresher Shark is their favorite shark. In fact, that Thresher Shark painting I did is for the person who's currently my boss. She wasn't my boss when I drew that picture for her. You know, that's my favorite, right? I know it's your favorite. Yes, okay. it's yours. It's Katie's, and there's somebody else at the aquarium who I think it's their favorite as well. But anyway, you're in good company. So, so that's it. Sure, sure. Well, I was going to say I have two takeaways from from this, but we just talked about one of them being Thresher Sharks is, is also <laughs> one of my favorites. But the other thing is, I I knew this, but I just like really realized it because I'm sitting next to you like at this very moment. When you get excited and like get into teacher mode, you start talking like twice as loud. Yes. Well, you have to project when you're yes, speaking to Yes, but you a have a microphone. <laughs> the audience is now deaf. Well, I mean, I have to do the editing on this. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I go to a, like a school and there's like 150 kids and I'm I'm usually holding animals. So sometimes they'll they'll offer me a microphone. They're like, do you want a microphone? I'm like, I can't, I can't hold a microphone. Like, oh, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I'll be all right. It, although I will tell you when, when I got out of practice because of COVID and even this happens to me a little bit after the end of summer, although I do a lot of those during the summer, typically um, sometimes it's a little rough on the vocal cords coming back and doing that. It's also so, rough on the ears. It's rough on the ears. Sorry. Sorry. I just talk fast when I'm nervous and I start talking about stuff. Switching <laughs> <laughs> I go a mile a minute. Well, Todd, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience. That sounds amazing. Um, what a great, what a great cruise! That I know, like an awesome cruise, That's some awesome, amazing ports. Yeah, sperm whale. Recommend them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sperm whale. Come on, that's like that's like as cool as whale sharks. I think so. Uh, that may be cooler because I know a few places you can see whale sharks. I that's the only time I, I know of that. I'm sure there's others I'm not aware of. Probably in California, there's more. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for joining yep. us and yep. uh, coming on the podcast tonight. Yep. Thank you. Yes, thank you indeed. All right, should we wrap it up? Sure. On that note, it's time to head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. back <laughs> okay i have to tell you this todd when you're talking about the entertainment on um princess it reminded me i did a holland america cruise one time and holland america has that reputation for being a more elderly cruise and i was cool with that because i'm like yeah i'm i'm, I'm not going to the nightclub and <laughs> and stuff like but i'm sitting in the room waiting to get on the cruise in the terminal and here comes somebody in a walker come somebody in a wheelchair and I'm looking around and I'm thinking I'm outnumbered. Like they can't call these people first because that's the entire cruise. 
But it, it was fine. It was funny though because things would happen. Like you'd walk around that ship, and this was a full ship or full-ish ship. Um, nine o'clock, you go through the nightclubs, the bars, oh. empty, crickets, but they were oh. still open. But the but yeah. the thing that reminded me of that is that the entertainment and the entertainment director were skewed towards like a, I feel like a twenty-something audience or at least a thirty-something oh. audience, and so. Like they did their version of the love and marriage show and it was awkward because <laughs> they were making jokes that just, I mean, not that, not that older people can't have a dirty sense of humor, but they were like, it was just weird. It was, it was just very bizarre. And uh, yeah. it just didn't seem like they did not, they were not clicking with this young, like, cruise director who was just like very energetic in your face kind of it was it was just kind of funny reminded me of that yes did they the humor the one that when we watched was it was a, a magician a magician who was also a comedian so he would the jokes were like it would it was like watching a follies from the 1950s so the jokes <laughs> were just really really like lame but people around me were laughing and i'm just going are you kidding me i tell these dad jokes all the time i mean it's it, it was it was yeah it was it was pretty interesting that way um and then of course like you said nine o'clock they go because they announced well we have this open and this open and everybody be grumbling they go i you know are you you know who's going to do this and they're all going going to bed kind of thing and you're like oh okay <laughs> so yeah you'd walk around at night and there'd be nobody around like the movie thing was pretty much empty most of the time so i mean yeah it's kind of and, I, and i'll admit like on cruises i am very sleepy in the evening on cruises but but still, it's like I want other people to be having fun, even if I go to sleep. I just feel like it's just something feels wrong if like the ship goes shuts down at nine o'clock. It just doesn't. There's something wrong with that to me. So, but it's alive at six a.m. I can tell you that. <laughs> Our neighbor was awake all the time, bright and early, and she was, <laughs> the door was opening, closing on the balcony door all the time. So interesting, interesting. Yeah, very cool. 